0: Hi Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Hi there and welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on Hi FM and an action-packed show. It's Thursday. It's got to be tech, lots of action, lots of technology, lots of gizmos and gadgets as per usual. But we start off with some really interesting news and some new research has shown that iPhone <laughs> owners are the happiest owners of smartphones on the market. And the latest South African Customer Satisfaction Index Report, or sexy for those of you who enjoy sort of sexy um, acronyms. But anyway, um, this was done by a research company called Consulta and found that mobile phones from iPhone scored 84 out of 100 on the satisfaction rating score. And that was above the industry average of 79.7 and only – a touch higher than it was last year or the year before. They actually did it in 2016, uh, early 2016, so it was last year. And what's surprising is Huawei have ranked second with a 4.1% or point jump to 81.3, and there's not a lot of difference between 81.3 and 84. And then followed by Samsung, who were number two last year, um, which scored 80.4, which is up over on the average. But uh, still, uh, interesting to see that a company, the newcomer, if you want to call them that, Huawei, have just nudged Samsung out of the second spot with globally, interestingly enough, um, Apple have always seemed to be the most uh, enjoyed smartphone on the market. And Samsung came in a a good second. But um, brands like Sony, BlackBerry and LG fell into the other category, which simply meant that they were too, too few in the market or there were too few respondents with those various uh, products that they could measure. But they were sitting at around about 75.1, which is slightly below average. But it's really interesting to show that, you know, overall, um, Apple continues to be one of the highest quality and highest scoring products on the market. And it's really interesting. So if you're an Apple owner, be happy. You've got some of the most enjoyed product on the market. And Another big thing came out of yesterday's little mini budget speech, and that after all the yes we are, no we aren't, yes we are, no we aren't, government will in fact be selling a portion of telecom. We're not sure exactly how much or to whom, but... uh, Minister Gugaba definitely came out and said that there's no question they are going to be selling telecom and they are going to be selling telecom to plug a couple of gaps in the general budget. Now, in general, all the economists have said this is a terrible idea. Telecom has performed extremely well over the years. It is the single only state-owned enterprise or SOE that is truly performed and delivered the goods. They've become the darling of the mobile, certainly one of the better mobile operators out there with certainly the most compelling packages uh, compared to the big guys like MTN and Vodacom. But it definitely has uh, made a massive turnaround considering that the fixed line market is dying Data is certainly taking off. They were late to the Fibre Party, and yet they seem to be powering ahead, making profits, doing really smart things. So in my opinion, it is actually an excellent thing that government are looking to sell a stake. And I hope they sell the entire stake, because quite honestly, I don't believe that government has any business. Certainly. They have the business to be part of the regulator to even the playing field to auction spectrum to control the environment in which telecom operates, but to actually have an involvement in a telecommunications company like they do simply makes no sense. Unfortunately, the way they put the money or what they put the money, the use of the money too, is a whole different discussion but unfettered, i'd believe. Uh, unfettered from government control or any government interference, be the direct or indirect, will allow telecom to continue along the road they've been and to do even better and better. So I am one of the few dissenters out there. I think it's an excellent idea. I think government should disinvest as quickly as possible uh, for as much as possible and get out of Telcom, allow them to Fly allow them to really continue doing the stuff that they 've been doing, and to compete because telecommunications is a massively massively competitive market, and there is absolutely no question that governments are slow moving, controlling, and just generally globally not really good at being in the business of of nimble, highly competitive, and highly fluid um, Areas such as uh, te- telecommunications and communications and internet and data. So I think it's a really great thing. I think they must sell it and move on. And uh, we will see some even better news and ma- perhaps even greater things coming out of Telcom in the near future. Now, another little interesting tidbit that crossed my desk uh, this week, and it's really been a long road for um, Microsoft, but the Connect is officially dead. Microsoft have actually stopped manufacturing the Kinect. Now, for those of you who perhaps were not involved in console gaming or even casual gaming or didn't have kids with a little console in the lounge, the Kinect was Microsoft's shot. It was introduced in 2009, and it was Microsoft's shot at uh, replacing the controllers for gaming and making your body and your movement and everything um, the way that you control the game. And it really did exceptionally well. From release, it sold over a million units very, very quickly. A lot of games were released that worked reasonably well. Not There was always a little bit of lag. It wasn't actually the most sophisticated piece of equipment. But at the time, around about 2009, 2010, it was a huge jump forward in... in um, the way that you interacted with technology, and it really did. It scanned your whole body. It allowed you to wave and jump and swing and dance and do all sorts of interesting things and attract all that movement in three dimensions and allowed you to control your games, which was revolutionary and pretty interesting and it was a direct i believe a direct response to Wii, because the Wii, with its little 3d motion controllers really was selling up a storm and 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 still today even the old Wii is still great fun the kids play with it all the time which is quite strange and the connect sits there and doesn't do a whole lot but anyway it's over it's finished they've now killed it And uh, no more Connect, I'm afraid. It's sad, but uh, I suppose technology moves on. And truth be told, they're putting even more advanced technology into uh, uh, cell phones right now. They can do 3D scanning and all sorts of interesting stuff. So pity, but uh, there you go. And uh, the last little bit of news before we um, break for our sort of regular advert break is Amazon now. Interestingly, just a little bit of context here, Amazon have got into hardware in a huge way with the Alexa and the Dot and all the other, you know, smart speakers that they've launched, and they've pretty much stolen the market in many, many ways. And for the first time, Apple and our friends at Google were followers, and Google have released a whole range of really interesting products, you know, with smart interfaces, voice-activated speakers. Microsoft have announced one, not yet released, but it should be out fairly soon, Um, and, you know, it's just a a competitive market. Well, Amazon now have launched what they call the Cloud Cam to add to its range. Some of this product is available in South Africa. A lot of it isn't, but I just think it's interesting to see what's going on, and the benefits of the Cloud Cam is that it's got uh, really high-resolution video, night vision, two-way audio, a a wide viewing angle, and it can store stuff in the cloud. So if Amazon, one of the biggest cloud people out there, so um, it, it, it's really smart. And what happens is, if you download the app, the Cloud Cam will see an activity and will actually detect a person and notify you that so and so is home. So, for example, one of the uses is that they say that they will notif- they will connect it to your smart lock. Um, when the camera sees a delivery from Amazon arriving, it'll unlock your front door and allow the delivery person from Amazon to deliver the product right inside and then shut the door. And it will recognize who that delivery person is and make sure it's the right person. So no no uh, people who just knock on the door and shout, Amazon deliveries will get in. Really fascinating how technology has changed. So, And, and it can be set up, for example, when your kid comes home to unlock automatically um, when uh, your gran arrives, can just walk in. So, smart doors, smart cameras, smart homes, huge, huge thing. And really inexpensive. It's going to be around about $119, which is one and a half grand for the camera. And if you get a, a two-pack, you can get it for about two and a half thousand rand. So, Really interesting, well-priced, and uh, amazing functionality. And a little bit of, hey, Alexa, uh, take my picture is coming right now. And on that note, we will break for a quick ad break, and then we'll be back with some more news before we get to our interview of the day, which is from Logitech. Really interesting interview, really interesting stuff. Everyone's used a Logitech mouse or keyboard, and they got some big plans for South Africa. <laughs> Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And we have to talk about the hack, the huge, well, it wasn't a hack, actually, but the huge data breach that occurred in South Africa over the past week and a bit. And it simply put 60 million records, unique IDs, information on children, deceased people, you name it, has been leaked in one of the largest data breaches in South African history, and one of the larger ones in the world in many respects. Not quite the same as the Panama leak, but certainly very concerning that all the information, ID numbers, not bank details, but uh, bond details, addresses, emails, you name it, of an enormous, basically everyone in South Africa was leaked. And the little bit of background to this is that it simply was a massive database used by a Pretoria real estate agent to help vet potential clients um, and find out the information. was available on the web with minimal um, skills needed to hack it. Around about 27 gigabytes of data was downloaded and is now floating on the uh, dark web and in the nefarious websites across the world for whatever reason. And... It is scary to think that all this information is in the public domain to be used for um, whatever reason it can be used for. But look, let's just put things in perspective. Life moves on. We all spend a lot of our time. Whenever you go open an account, you want to get an ISP account for in the internet. Wherever you go, people want a copy of your ID, proof of your address, uh, certificate of income, copy of your tax certificate. So. In truth, this sort of information has been handed out willy-nilly by everybody, to everybody, for every possible reason because fraud and you name it has been on the rise and it's certainly a huge problem in South Africa and globally for that matter. But it's just the scale and the scope and the sheer comprehensiveness of this leak that has changed pretty much everything. Now for me and for what I you know what I, I I see coming out of this is that there is a massive wake up call for South Africa. The Poppy Act, that's a professional of private that uh, the I'm sorry, getting all muddled between the Poppy Act and the various other acts. But the Protection of Private Information Act, which has been promulgated, it is coming um, into force in the next year and will have someone in charge who can look at this. Will bring absolute criminal and other sanction to anybody who misuses any data given to them electronically or any other way. Uh for purposes for which they were not given the permission to use. So, for example, you walk into your ISP and you sign up for the Internet and they want a copy of your proof of residence, though with fiber considering it's at your house, it's a bit stupid to ask for proof of residence. Mm-hmm. The fiber is connected to your home, but let's not go into that for now. Um, and a copy of your ID will only be able to use that information and your email address, of course, for the purposes of supplying you that service. If they give you that email address to any other person – Give the list to you know these spammers or your cell phone number to people who keep sending you these nonsense SMSs. They will be liable for any potential damages or problems that uh, result from that, and they will probably just be liable simply by doing it without your authorization. So we're moving into an era where the government is absolutely trying to to assist people and uh, you know make it illegal to use this information in the wrong possible way. But the fact is right now. All this information is out there. It is not protected. Trust me. I don't believe any sanction will be brought to the company that did what they did and leaked the data, or allowed the data, or had such lack security around such comprehensive and sensitive information that it was, you know, it, it was so easy to obtain and to distribute on the web. The good news is that is uh, that particular server has been taken down. But uh, the file 27 glorious gigs of it is floating about and um, can be seen if you know where to look. But um, what I say is key in this this whole thing is that our information is out there. We live in the electronic age. It's almost impossible to to live in the society we live in today and not have information about yourself and pretty sensitive information about yourself um, floating about. So don't panic. There's no imminent danger. They're not going to get into your bank account. They're not going to somehow scam or hack you or do something um, immediately. However, there are two areas that you need to be very aware of and very careful of. The first area is identity theft. And identity theft is a huge problem in South Africa and globally, but it's certainly growing in South Africa. And the new ID cards are trying to stop that to some extent, but there's still tons and tons of the old ID books, which are pretty easy to fix, change the picture, whatever it is that you need to do. And In fact, create them completely from scratch. So there's a lot of problems around ID theft. What people do is they create a false ID using your information. They then go into various retailers, wherever banks open accounts, start operating under your name, run up a whole huge line of credit, and then never pay. And then all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. Hello, Mr. So-and-so, you owe us a whole host of money. And you say, but I never dealt with you. I don't know what you're talking about. Bang, you've been, uh, you know, stolen. Your identity has been used for the wrong information and that is a huge problem. Now the information they've got will make that a little bit more possible, a little bit easier because they'll have your ID number, they'll have your address, they'll have all the information about you a little bit down the road. What I suggest that you all do and the credit bureaus make it extremely easy for people to go and get a complete comprehensive report from them um, on your credit history and what that will show is any accounts that uh, have been opened without your knowledge so you'll see that jet stores had applied someone had applied for credit to jet stores and they did a credit check on you you know you didn't apply for credit to jet stores so why would they be doing a credit check on you you can contact the store find out if accounts been opened and if so you can go to the police lay a charge and then if they come to you and say you need to pay money because the person who opened the account you know, was the wrong person, Um, you say, look, I've laid a charge, it was not me, I did not open that account, and, uh, you know, please uh, investigate and try to arrest this fraudulent person. That's, in many cases, syndicates, and it's difficult, but it may or may not be a huge problem for you, though it can be a little bit of a mess. Identity theft is always a problem. The second and most difficult part is, for example, all the electronic email and telephone scams. So, for example, you get a phone call, hi, Mr. Joe Soap, my name is so-and-so from Nedbank, and I use Nedbank. Anyone out there from Nedbank, don't take it personally. I just used you because the first guys who popped into my mind. Um, And then they say to you, so, Mr. Soap, your ID number is, and they give it to you, and you reside at, and they give it to you. And you say, yes. So So you start trusting them. And then they say, look, we've had a security breach on your account. We've picked it up through our systems. Can you just confirm your account number? So you think, well, it must be them. They know who I am. Uh, You give them your account number. They say, yes, that's correct. Now we're going to put you through to a system where you can change your PIN for your own security. Well, guess what? That system is a pre-recorded spam bot, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you go through to it. You put in your PIN number. You change your PIN number, and they say, "Thank you so much, uh, you know, for your help and goodbye." And guess what? You've just been hacked. You've just been scammed. They've got your bank account details. They've got your PIN number. They've got your card details. They've got your PIN number. They can clone it. Rush off to the nearest ATM and, unfortunately, clean out your account. Now first and foremost, the only thing you can do there is never, ever give your information to anybody for any reason whatsoever. Be totally paranoid. Even if you know the bank manager's voice directly, say, look, don't worry. I hear there's a problem. You need some information from me. I will come into the bank in the next day or two or whatever. Or is it serious? Just put a hold on my account until I can get in or whatever. Just be paranoid. Go into the branch. Sort the stuff out. Don't Deal over the phone and give away your sensitive information. In truth, no bank will ask for your PIN ever. They will never ask you for your bank account details because they have them. So they will never ask you to confirm anything of that nature. So don't fall for it, even though the people phoning you may be incredibly um, convincing and have all this information, which may or may not have got from this hack. They could have got it from many, many different places. So Just be aware, be very conscious of what you're doing, both online, on the phone. Don't answer SMSs that purport to be coming from financial institutions or from SARS. Tax season is on us. There's all sorts of things. Click on here to get your refund. Be extremely vigilant on your personal information, because at the end of the day, if you allow someone to get that information by giving it to them voluntarily, the banks are not going to be that sympathetic. Although they're aware of this and they do know how to Deal with this sort of stuff. So be very, very cautious out there, both online, both on the phone, and in, in fact, in all circumstances. And unfortunately, this massive leak of data is going to make it even more difficult for you and I to to keep out of the hands of our dear friends, the cyber and other criminals. But as I said, if you're a little bit of, if you're a little bit cautious and you use a little bit of common sense and never give anyone information, you should be fine. And on that note, we'll take a quick break. High FM Tech Talk with Stephen, Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on High FM. And with me is Just Yetten. And he's got quite a lot of work to do. His official title is Head of Cluster. Uh, SSA which is pretty much the sub-Saharan Africa which is a huge territory but today we're going to talk about South Africa we're going to talk about Logitech and what Logitech does and what cool little gadgets and gizmos they got coming in the next little while here in South Africa so welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about Logitech I mean they've been around a while and uh, they're quite a significant player in the accessory market. Uh, yes, definitely we have been
1: uh, been around uh, uh, yeah, since the the computer the personal computer was invented
0: and right uh, back when IBM were just kicking IBM, it out yeah, of the, we were, the we, factory
1: we, we were founded in 1981 wow in uh, in Switzerland company uh, moved very quickly to the u s to Silicon Valley, uh, which was I think at that time the right the right step because that created a lot of new products and yeah you'd be part of the of the technology burst. Company has been there for, for for many many years. Known for the keyboards, known for the mice, uh, the PC audio, the webcams. That was our yeah our core business. our core business.
0: I'm sure everybody who's listening at some point or another yeah. has had one of those things. And that that also yeah
1: already brought us I think 14 to 15 years ago to uh, to Africa and to South Africa. And uh, company had to change in the in the last say four or five years due to the fact that of course people using smartphones. Uh, using tablets so
0: the, the the need or the necessity of a keyboard so, and a mice was that's actually a really interesting conversation so essentially the the change in the form factor i mean a couple of years ago every house had well not every but a lot of houses had one computer was a big gray box it yes. had one keyboard it had one mouse one screen and that was computing for the for the family that's changed dramatically in the last five
1: years yeah became completely individual so the, the certain people are still in the same room but they all have their own little gadget where so they, from uh, one box also, we now get 15 yeah and, and, and I think uh, in that perspective around 20, 2012 2013 uh, our company found out that you know if we want to continue to grow, you need to have more products or more categories, because otherwise you're going into a market which is slightly declining. You can still innovate because our keyboards work with three devices, so we we found solutions for it. At the same time, we had to change into yeah what our CEO said, and it was the new guy who came on board uh, in 2013. He said we got trees which is our, our our products that we already had for many, many years. But we need plants and we need seeds. And actually, the transformation of the company became there. He said, OK, we need to have other categories, other brands, and Logitech is
0: changing into a, a multi-brand, a multi-category company. So, give us a sense of the of the multi-brand. I mean, obviously, if you wander into a tech store right now, you'll find your Logitech mice and your yeah. Logitech keyboards, and and even where I mean, I cannot believe, but people are still selling webcams. So, yes. that that market exists and it's pretty stable. And I mean, there's not a lot of players. Well, there are a lot. There are a lot of cheap Chinese guys. Sure. But I mean, there are not a lot of quality players in that no, market no. left anymore. No, so, so we have
1: to defend that, that tree. So we want to keep that, 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 that alive and also innovating in that side and can continuously come with, with better products in that market. And, and we believe that we are one of the last ones that still innovates into it, which makes that it's possible for, for, for people to buy our product. The other part is, is that we acquired, uh, actually in the last one and a half years, we acquired three companies. We acquired Cytec Game uh, Company, we acquired Astro, and we acquired Jaybird. So why Jaybird are the head. in ear, in ear running sports uh, products. And what we're seeing is that those categories, uh, yeah, where we where we are playing it, is in uh, in additional to the to the, the products that we know we already had for for, for years is that we're playing in the music, so with Jaybird and Ultimate Ears. So these are the two music brands that we have. We play in the gaming, which is a, a huge market growing. Absolutely. Because the, no PC, the PCs it's are growing. coming PCs yeah. are coming
0: back. It's probably the last place where you're actually seeing the big grey boxes. Yeah. They're not grey. Some of them are yeah. absolutely bizarre. I mean yeah. I've seen spaceships and battle tanks and you name yeah. it, but that's where no, it's a must yeah, exist. And, and
1: because of the of course the broadband is, is continuing to grow anywhere in the world. and means also that the PC gets a new life and people saying okay we're going to go back to the pc game because that's still the most comfortable environment to play a game and then we're adding up to products which like flight simulation which is Scitech, farm simulation which is scitech, astro which is the great that's hatchery. really interesting
0: tell us a little yeah. bit about SciTech and
1: farm simulation yeah yeah no it is a it is an interesting market because it, it becomes available for people that you know have a daily job like like you and me and maybe deep in our hearts, we want to be a pilot or we want to be a farmer. <laughs> and and then you have the opportunity to uh, to play those <laughs> games. And virtually become, become one of those things. And virtually was already, we had a racing a racing proposition with our wheels and with our throttle uh, from a logistic perspective. So now on the simulation part, we're getting in. Into more products, so that's a a big,
0: a big driving factor. But you're still focusing on the accessory side of it per se, or the platforms as well.
1: It's actually, it actually is 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 two things. The company is a is a is a is a big company, but not the biggest company. So you have the Amazons, the the Microsoft, the Google's of these worlds, and we play that little role in between. And we always been a a a companion of the PC. So we always want to be like being companion of products. And it means that, that we, what we need to do is to make everything is coming into the cloud. So data is in the cloud, music in the cloud, video collaboration is in the cloud. So what we're doing is to have products that activate that cloud. And, and actually facilitate it and make it easier and more intuitive for the average user. Yes, and, and, and make it like uh, based on a, and that was also in 2013, based on a design story. So it has to come with a great idea, it has to make value for money for for something and then follow a complete design uh, strategy and then with design because we always had great products but also we need to continue going forward in that design because people want to use great products that have a value for them you know if we have a presenter like our spotlight and it gives you confidence in presenting then it has a purpose if we a new keyboard on the market that works with three devices. Plus, we have a
0: little, little roll on it which you can yeah, click. I, I actually see it. Clear, yeah, I, yeah, I, you have play with it recently, and it's quite yeah, it's interesting, interesting because it's a completely new take on something that everyone just totally takes for granted. But yeah, and a keyboard is not a keyboard. You know, it has to be yeah. a, a gaming
1: keyboard. is much more mechanical. With with like, you From really want, to, switches, feel it, yeah, you want to feel it. want to feel it. It has to be br- more robust than one that you use or you want to have it in a complete setting with your iMac or with your other uh, computer. So it has to be a, tes- a, te- a testicle and it has to be like a, uh, a product really yeah. Speaking, speak course, out to you, yeah. but also it has to work. you know. And, and, and if you in, can keep inventing in, in, in software and keep inventing in activating cloud um, possibilities, yeah, then we have
0: a, a great future for us. That's very interesting because in many ways people take this type of product totally for granted and they, they don't see much value in, in more high-quality versions of a keyboard. I mean, as long as the numbers are visible yeah. and you push the button and it goes click, click, you're happy. But this new product, um, what what is it called, the new keyboard? Craft. The Craft. Yeah. And that's now becoming a whole new range of products. Yeah, we,
1: product. we came with the K780, which was a product that you can work with three devices and you can... And the tablet- reason for
0: that is so you could use it with oh, yeah, your yeah, tablet, well, no, it's use just, it with your PC, yeah.
1: even your phone. No, yeah, the, the point is that people are using more different platforms and different computers. So when you just said earlier you had one PC in the room, now suddenly you've got what, two tablets, one uh, PC plus and a, and a smartphone. Yeah. If you want to work it all together, because we have all these things around us and we work all to it together, or people also using two notebooks or using two PCs because the possibilities are there. So what we're saying is, like, okay, then have find something which works with it everything. All of it. And then you have a seamless way of working with with, with, uh, with both of our three or four And the devices.
0: experience across the different platforms is pretty much the it's same. Se-
1: it's seamless because you're going from Apple to, to, to Windows and it doesn't matter because it, uh, it will automatically detect it because it's a software build. And 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 the newest thing is that we uh, with our MX Master 2, which is our very high-designed uh, mouse. Um, yeah, we had uh, Flow software and people that are using. Two computers.
0: You just click on the on the text and you just drag it into the other computer. I saw that. That is absolutely fascinating. So when you load the software on both comp- on, yeah. on a PC and a Mac, for example. Yeah. And you just move it, and from you just the copy and, paste drag and drag it across. Drag it across, and there's
1: no connection. There's no no possibility to no no, no <laughs> well uh, no physical no connection. physical no physical connection. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And and these things and the other other big driver and that's one very interesting is is wired to wireless because everything has always been wired and now everything is moving more and more to wireless. So we did that revolution of course already with the mice and with the keyboards and now we're stepping also into the gaming market saying okay we want to have the fastest wireless mice. Because I think
0: in the gaming market uh, right now the the thinking is that the the mice and the keyboards have to be wired for best performance but you're saying you're now reaching a point where you can do it as well Yes, I'm um, using a wireless. Cable. Yeah, we, we have developed
1: uh, together with our engineers and together with, with teams that are t- we have a big team that plays for us in the in the worldwide league, and we have developed with pros the yeah the, the right product. It has to be a new technology into the mice where you have, we call it light speed. Where you just have the
0: most accurate and the most the most fastest uh, experience, and and the guys are reporting back that those mice are as good as a wired. They're winning product. they're winning tournaments
1: with it. So and it's, that's not about you are not talk about ten thousand rand, you talk about a million plus. Well, the
0: the, the gaming market has exploded. Yeah. I mean, even in South Africa, we're still early days, but the whole online gaming and competitive gaming market has become quite a thing. And I mean, yeah. globally, it's it's massive. In some ways, it's bigger than pro sports. It is and, and,
1: and, every, and it gets already their own channel on TV and then suddenly you, you're on a, on a Saturday morning and you're watching uh, two guys, uh, four guys uh, gaming against each other and it becomes a sport or it is already a sport. Wow. Absolutely. And We see it in the big tournaments worldwide where we, are, where we are part of and where we develop products into it and then, yeah, then you have again the clever, uh, clever necessity things about Logitech saying okay, if the gamer has an issue right, what you just said about being from wire to and one is the charging part? So then make a gaming uh, mat where you can automatically charge
0: it. So while he's gaming, while he's, gaming he's actually charging, charging he's at charging. the same time. Yeah. So you never no. need to worry about, no matter no. how long that game goes on, <laughs> you don't have to worry about, to about watch the battery. Because no. that's actually a very good point. I mean, something that's recharging or, or chargeable, yes. and if it starts getting low on power in the middle of a game, you've got real trouble. Yes. So you've come up with an interesting little mat, which looks like a normal mouse pad, yeah. Uh, except for the little thing at the back Correct And um, that's actually a charging pad
1: It's a charging pad and it also has a, a, a little USB the in there Also USB in there where you can charge your phone <laughs> So you don't have to worry about that either <laughs> so But that's, that's, that's more like like again uh, the design, uh, this design story that we really built up from 2013 again And that made yeah, the company growing again and,
0: yeah, we're now a more than double-digit growth year on year. So where do you see the opportunity in South Africa? I mean, this is a, a fairly mature market. We've got quite a well-set-up um, retail yep. environment. Our online environment is perhaps a little less set-up. No, it's, get, it's getting there. It's, it's getting, getting, getting there. there. I mean, with Take-A-Lot yep. and a couple of guys playing yep. in the market. So we're now seeing a growth in the accessory market, I hope. I mean, yeah, things are a yeah. interesting out there, but yeah. still, there, there certainly seems to be stuff happening. What it, What is Logitech going to do uh, in South Africa that the, the, we'll the, see in the next little while?
1: No, the next little while you will see uh, you an know, uh, example of 15 new products. I think we haven't done it in the last one and a half years that we put really new products into the market. So there's
0: 15 new products in coming all, to market in, across yeah. the various brands, so yeah. that would be the Logitech brand. Um, the Jaybird yeah. products, yeah, because they haven't been available in South Africa. Uh, so Jaybird now. was in the country.
1: Uh, we had, a, and we still have a great relationship with the former di- distributor and the partner. And we had that from a. Uh, it, it is actually the, the way Logitech can embrace brands like Jaybird. Jaybird was a, was a big brand in the US, in North America. They're coming from Salt Lake City themselves, really sports guys, only for sports. So they kept away from all the other, purely focusing on sports. And they had a bit of a distribution into the world. Uh, our CEO takes, a, I think, one day a week. He talks to startups, and David was one of them. So he came to them and said, "What is what is what is the next phase? Not the next phase. We want to conquer the world, <laughs> as we do, as we do, yeah. and and, and uh, but maybe it's not
0: <laughs> not quite like, not quite that. like yeah. that, but but with, <laughs> headphones. And, and, well, with,
1: with earphones and said, okay, we want to be in in Europe and we want to be other parts of the world. So what he said, okay, if you come to join us and you keep your own identity, you keep your uh, technology." At the same time, we can also have our engineers supporting uh, whatever we're going to go forward with, but use Logitech with our whole EMEA organization for the go-to-market. Now, then you add that towards it, and then we can add that also at Logitech here in South Africa. And then you suddenly have a supply chain which works, and then you can, pon- can put the marketing behind it, and you can do it much better. And there's proper. Scale. And then that company will grow inside the portfolio of, uh, of Logitech. Now, and that the same thing happens with SciTech. There was a little bit of another story. And the same thing will happen with Astro. ASTRO has also been established in the country, but we, together, uh, say... So you've got
0: quite a big job, certainly in South Africa, to try to integrate all these brands, clean up the distribution channels, make sure that they're available in retail and online in a coherent manner.
1: Yeah, it is. is, uh, uh, We're working with, say, six, seven different companies but inside Logitech so we also have to be aware of the different P&Ls and the different way how we structure it the only thing is what 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 the good part of it is it is it is distributed by two companies and suddenly you have one office that can carry out about the model, all, all the model model marketing, marketing, marketing on and, and you have somebody you can, you can turn to so we build office a little bit bigger up until that so more people on the ground and more people in, in here and that's yeah should give us a, a bit more uh Power to uh, come to the market with with new products, quicker to new products, etc., etc.
0: Because as we were saying, we were discussing earlier that the accessory market can be quite challenging because in many respects, uh, a cheap Chinese no-name knockoff can look identical or very similar to a quality product made by another company. Yeah. So to get that word out there to the various guys, to the various places, is quite a, a challenge. There's a lot of work to be done to explain why X is better than Y and why a product such as Logitech and the various <coughs> other bits... Would make sense even if there's a slight price premium. Yes, uh, at the same time
1: also the the technology helps. Uh, You know, if the technology is supporting um, that, you don't have to pay a lot of money for the for the data, for the content, etc. But you want to have like product that really activate that and really have quality and and add something towards the way of you are working. And we
0: we are the market so we also have we are quite competitive it is not like well the, interesting thing I've noticed certain things like the MX Master I bought them in South Africa yeah. I bought two and they were cheaper than pretty much anywhere else in the world Could be. which was ridiculous <laughs> it's not usual that yeah. we, we actually can get no, a better price in South Africa no sometimes
1: it, it will be because of you starting later and you have and, and it's also that the length of the organization so if we make business case specifically because we, we want to have access to a, another segment of the market yeah and, and, we and we are the we are yeah, we are an organization that is linked of course we are a Logitech organization so we're much closer to the, to the people in Europe who decide the things the worldwide and saying, okay can we do something specifically for South Africa because we believe we can do something. And, and then you have business cases that you have to follow through. Yeah. And if you follow the business cases through, then sometimes products become, and it also has the rent and the euro, dollar or whatever type of
0: thing, but it, it can sometimes happen. It's not normally the case, but it can sometimes well, happen. Well, let me tell you, even right now, people, if you're looking for a great mouse, uh, it's not inexpensive, but it's still cheaper than pretty much anywhere <laughs> that I've been. So MX Master 2, which is a, yeah, cool, that's a cool, very cool, cool
1: device. device. Yeah. Yeah. But so, there's also the, there's also the the way that the education had we have built that up better uh, last year because you know if you you're standing in front of a of a of a, of a retail shelf you need to understand what is the difference between an MX Master but Two that's exactly or a quiet, quiet mouse. You have to you have to explain that to the, to the to the sales guys,
0: but also to help the consumer trying to find the right product for them. So, from a purely retail point of view, in the in the Dion Wired and all the places that yeah. people go to buy tech, incredible connection place like yes. this, are we going to see a much more coherent spread of Logitech product in the next little while? Yeah, we work. We already do that, and we're working with uh, with the the, the the
1: companies you mentioned to get better shelf space and better explanation of products and of course uh, retailers have their own f- uh, way of look and feel so you also have to of course uh, find the right uh, balancing act to showcase your uh, your products properly but we know from studies and from big retailers which i compare completely uh, i compare the wide with a, or uh, an incredible connection with a media market where we did shelf changes etc yeah the business goes up with more than 20 percent so it's also helping the retailers. It's not like we want to put our own brand in there. No, it's just software, for that. The start is all about sales. It's all about sales. Thing. So if we can can prove
0: towards each other that we sell more, yeah, then it's uh, of course the the right way to go. So now, where would uh, our listeners go to find out all about all the new product? Is there a dedicated South
1: African Logitech
0: site, or is it we, just we, a we, global we, site?
1: Yeah, it's a global site uh, where we where you find everything. Now, and the and the thing is now that we want to. When the products are being announced, we want to put it on the market as, as soon as possible, so our queries can come from that. And at the same time, when we just announce it into the market, and our, our retail partners have access to all the products, which you mentioned, the Incredible Connection, the DIY, the Game Macro, but also the Tech, First Shop, and, and Take-A-Lot. So these are the customers that are really driving a, an online, online business for us. And next to that, we have a very, 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 very big reach into the market where the SME business is working. So channel business, as we call it channel uh, business. Yeah, perfect. Because, That's something that because small business yeah. is, 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 is is keyboard mice webcams, video collaboration, which is a big big step for us. Which we took, we took, uh, yeah, we overtook the, the competition with that because we changed the way of working. You don't have to put a whole boardroom full of equipment. You just come into the room with your Logitech product and you activate and you activate the, the cloud to Skype the business yeah. or to Zoom
0: or to Hangouts. And you and have That's a, a conversation yeah. for a whole nother time Unfortunately Completed, Our 20 minutes have run out So right. um, You know Anyone who's interested Just goes to www.logitech.co.za yeah. no, .com, .com, .com 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 Logitech.com Yes And you'll see what's available And yeah. from there you can then find Where you can get the product Find your
1: way We're continuously working on, on, on improving we, we we came from, a, from a, a, you know, a little bit small office One and a half years ago So we have been building up the office again We've been building up the marketing again and also feel more comfortable now to speak to you because we have a you've got something to talk. <laughs> no, about. it's like you when you I learned in South Africa when your house is ready, you invite people
0: for a braai. and I think that is a, <laughs> I think is the right way to do it now. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. And uh, I'm sure we'll play with some of your product in the next little while, and we'll report back on what we think. But thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Welcome back, and my fabulous gadget of the week. This is definitely still the best part of my show. I love playing with all these new toys and having fun with all the latest tech that comes out there. Obviously, I do it, so I can, you know, explain to you, my sort of really valued listeners, what's good, what's hot, what's not, and... uh, what you should buy because there is just such choice out there and it sometimes gets super confusing and it depends what you're looking for but there's pretty much something to fit everything now Dell is a name that many of us have heard they've been in the computer market for many many years and They've been doing some interesting things lately. We had them on the show. Um, we had the head of Dell South Africa on the show explaining how Dell's transformed from being this massive public company to a privately owned company. They bought EMC, which is a massive player in the sort of corporate world and in the high-tech sort of um, data world. And they, Dell EMC, the new company, are doing some really interesting things. But one of their core sort of trend-setting high-end products has always been the XPS range. I've owned XPSs for many years. In fact, mine was so tough, made of titanium, it took my 10-year-old daughter to throw it off the top of the stairs to break it, and it actually shattered the, it didn't break the screen, it still worked, but the hinge smashed, unfortunately, so it was not replaceable. That's how tough Dell XPS is. And the XPS range has refined itself over many, many, many years, and their latest Dell XPS range, both the 13-inch and the 15-inch, are absolute knockout Windows laptops. So if you're looking in the high end of laptops, these are definitely Pitched at the very high end, they super sleek, sl- super slim, very very well spec'd, um, and have all the latest technology. The latest, well, the one I'm playing with is the seventh generation Intel Core i7 processor. Um, although they've just released the eighth generation one, which gives slightly better battery life, slightly better performance. Um, not a huge difference in terms of overall. You know usability, but essentially the XPS 13 two-in-one, which I'm playing with now, just right up front, I have to say, this is probably one of the finest laptops I have ever had the honour to play with. And my laptop of choice is the MacBook Pro um, from Apple, and I run Windows on it, which is something that a lot of people just can't get over. Why buy a laptop, a MacBook Pro? with its own operating system to run Windows on. Uh, They can't get over that. But Windows 10 for business is certainly one of the better operating systems. Office 2016 for Windows is far superior to Office 2016 for Mac, and it's much more compatible. So you do a spreadsheet on Office 2016 for Windows. You can give it to anybody, including Mac users, and you have no compatibility issues. Not so much the other way from Mac to Windows. Some people may disagree with me on that, but generally I found between PowerPoint, even Word, the formatting is not quite exactly the same between Mac and Windows. And the business world uses Windows, so enough of that. I use Windows 10 on a MacBook Pro, and the MacBook Pro hardware has been an absolute winner. It's exceptionally good quality, reasonably priced for the performance, excellent battery life, touchpad beyond anything else you can imagine. But here we go, and they delivered this brilliant XPS 13 with a Core i7, 8 gig of of RAM, which is plenty, a a 256 gig SSD, so it's super, super fast. And um, I am smitten, I must tell you, I'm completely taken, The, the... Quality is outstanding. It's slimmer and lighter than the MacBook Pro. It unfortunately has fewer ports than the MacBook Pro. It's only got one USB-C on either side, which is a little bit of a challenge, uh, and nothing else for that matter, whereas the MacBook Pro comes with four, two on each side. And that's where you charge, you connect. So unfortunately, exactly the same as a MacBook Pro. If you want to connect standard USBs, you have to um you get involved in dongle heaven. There are a couple of other amazing features. The trackpad is much smaller, but incredibly good. They've improved it, no question, a million miles from the previous generation that I used. And this one is really responsive, simple to use. It's, it's accurate. It's just amazing. I'm very, very impressed. It also has a very nice, nifty little fingerprint reader, which is something the MacBook Pro actually introduced and was not available on many Windows PCs up until now, so it's got a a really convenient little fingerprint reader. You can unlock it. But it's got something even more smart than fingerprint unlocking, just like the upcoming uh, iPhone X. It has facial recognition, which Microsoft call Windows Hello. So it's got a, a special camera dual camera setup up on the bottom with a little infrared camera and that's one interesting thing the camera is placed on the bottom of the screen not the top because it has what they call the infinity edge display so there's very little surround and that's part of why it's so compact it's very very it's, it's pretty much edge to edge screen and right at the bottom is the camera now I found what it tends to do it flatters your double chin if you unfortunately have such a thing because it's coming from the bottom, Um, and certainly, you know, if lighting's above you, it can do some weird stuff on Skype calls, but other than that, it's pretty easy to use, it's really smart, and just looking at your computer uh, when you open it to unlock it is just so futuristic. It works well, it's a no-brainer, it's just smart and clever, and overall, the front camera quality is excellent. What it does have over and above any MacBook product is a full touchscreen so the screen is a full touchscreen as well and it has one other lovely little feature you can swivel the screen 360 degrees turn the the unit over and you've got a full-on tablet or you can simply stand it up uh, use it for presentations and still have access to the keyboard or use it like a standard laptop so incredibly easy to use incredibly smart and simple to operate um And Windows 10, the latest version now, which I mentioned last week, you need to upgrade to really works extremely well. Um, And it's fast, it's fluid. You can buy an optional pen if you need to do um, sort of pen type work or use a stylus for whatever artistic work or whatever it is that you want to do. The other thing I really did like is that it has a backlit keyboard, which is intelligent. So as you touch the keyboard, it lights up. It doesn't stay on all the time to save battery life. And that is the only mentioning battery life. That is the only area that I found currently The 8th generation, which should be out in the next couple of months. But this is still quite a bargain. It gave me between 8, sometimes 9 hours of use. Not quite as good as the MacBook Pro, um, which gave between 10 and 12, depending on how you used it. But certainly, I could leave the charger at home, which is also a tiny little charger, which is great, using USB-C, so you can't use anything else to plug it in, and you need to change all your cables, you can't just plug uh, your USB sticks and other bits and pieces into it, everything needs to change, I reiterate, but overall, I found that this is, the Core i7, with the memory that it's got, is incredibly, it boots up really quickly, Um, it's incredibly responsive, massive spreadsheets, some Light gaming, I've tried, but this is not designed for that. Um, you know, it's slim, it's titanium covered, um, and with light gaming, and it's got a, you know, it's got a reasonably fast video processor built into the the Intel chip, um, and it really is an incredibly good, incredibly fast, and beautifully finished laptop. The only tiny little bugbear in the whole thing, which uh, I must say, is that its priced depending on the specs, because in normal sort of computer world fashion, starting with a Core i5, which is still a great processor. You won't notice much speed difference between a Core i5 and a Core i7, um, depending on what you do. If you're doing massive number crunching, maybe. If you're doing some really CAD-CAM type operations where you're doing sort of rendering and that sort of stuff, an i7 is better but for normal office laptop work the i5 is more than good enough and the price starts at around about 15000 to 16000 rand and shoots all the way up to about 35000 rand depending on the features and the memory and the hard drive and the various screen resolutions what i didn't mention that this is a 4k ultra hd screen so it's incredibly sharp it has one problem some programs that I've used, because of its ultra resolution, tend to be so tiny, like standard bank banking, for example. The resolution is so high, the thing comes so tiny that you need a magnifying glass to see what's on the screen. You can adjust it, but it's a pain and it's unfortunate. So, to wrap it up, the Dell XPS 13 2-in-1 is probably the finest laptop that I've used on the market currently. It has no fan, so it's super quiet, though, one of the consequences of that, that, the back left side tends to get quite warm because they obviously distribute the heat through the body, but it's, it's incredibly slim. It's got a lovely soft touch um, carbon fiber look and touch feel on the main front track pad. The outside is rugged, slim, it's super light, it's less than one and a half kilos, and it's incredibly compact. It's the size of a 12-inch with a 13.3-inch screen. So if you're looking for a high-end laptop and you really want something that's cutting edge, has all the features you could possibly want, and certainly um, competitive with anything out there, I would highly recommend the new Dell XPS 13. And on that note, we'll be back after this. Hi, with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, hi there, and welcome back. And the app of the week is something I've been using for a couple of months now, and it's an absolute winner. And it's something from a company called Vox. Now, Vox are a large um, telecommunications style company. They do internet. They do lots of different things. But fairly recently, a couple of months ago, they released something which they called Vobi. And Vobi was an extension of what of their the online SIP phone uh, facility, if you want to call it. And SIP was, is simply a protocol that's used to give you phone over, a normal sort of phone over the Internet. Now, what the Vobi app does is essentially it's a mobile soft phone. So you download the app on your Android phone or on your um, Apple phone, and you connect it to a number. That number exists in the cloud for via Vox, and you can make and receive phone calls like any other normal phone, exactly the same, in fact, as the cell phone number you have on your phone. And all you need to use is a little bit of data. So I've tried it on really dodgy 3G, 4G, and Wi-Fi connections, some of them excellent, some of them poor. And I have got exceptional quality. It's really high quality voice um, over those various systems. And what it offers you, apart from you know, simply being cool to have a phone that works over the Internet. Um, and I'll mention where it really is useful in a few seconds. But they are offering lower-cost calls over the, your cellular phone than any cellular provider. Well, there are certain packages that are fractionally cheaper, but average calls are far, far cheaper than a cell phone calls. It also offers you the benefit of that if you regularly receive calls from staff, family, and friends the call to this number is a normal landline call number. It's not a cellular number, so you don't land up paying cellular call making cellular call phones. So for a small business, for um, anybody, it's just a great thing. And where I have found it unbelievably useful is when I'm traveling overseas, once I'm connected to Wi-Fi or I've got a SIM card from the country that I'm in, the Vox Vobi phone works Perfectly. I can receive calls. I can make calls to South Africa, to anywhere for that matter. But certainly useful to phone the home, phone family, phone business, get calls from people. um, And at the same prices you would be paying, in fact, lower than the price you'd be paying for cellular and for landline calls in South Africa. So it's an absolute no-brainer. But what makes it really smart in this age of fiber and and connectivity. A lot of people are either thinking of or have got rid of their landline. Now, what do you do? That number may not be that useful. Maybe only your granny and a couple of old aunts phone you uh, on your landline number. But you want to keep it? Well, here's what's smart. You can ask Vox to port that number to their system, and that number will become your Vobi phone number. So you can then have your old landline number on your Vobi phone, on your smartphone, anywhere, and you can put it into more than one smartphone, so you can have it, and uh, your friend, your well, your friend, your husband, your wife, your kids can have it. But like a normal phone, if someone's on the phone, you can't use it, you can't call it, you can't make calls from it. But essentially, it is just an excellent, excellent way to make calls, receive calls, and to save some money on your smartphone because we don't all have unlimited talk packages. Oh, I certainly don't, and I. Though my kids pretend that I do for some unknown reason, but anyway, um, it's just a great little f- facility, and the best way to find it is just go to the vox.co.za website, have a look for Vobi, or, or simply type vox v o x Vobi v o b i into your web browser, and it'll come straight up with the 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 app, or go into the i into the App Store, the Android or the iPhone Play Store, and um, well, now I've got those muddled. The Play Store is the Android Store. Anyway, you, got, you get the message. Go into the various app stores, download the Vobi app, and it'll take you through the steps you need to register and to set up. There's no cost to setting it up, um, and it's, it's really just a great, great app. And on that note, our time is up Till next week. Same place, same time, right here on 101.9 High FM with Tech Talk.